The Wings Over New Zealand show is brought to you in association with the Wings Over New Zealand Aviation Forum, New Zealand's number one aviation discussion forum online. There you'll find discussion on all aspects of New Zealand aviation, from history to current affairs and thousands of photos covering the Royal New Zealand Air Force, airlines, general aviation, warbird restorations, air show news, sport aviation, home building, gliding, aviation media and much, much more. You'll be in good company with other aviation enthusiasts, including pilots, engineers, warbird owners and restorers, historians and authors, modelers, aviation photographers and many others. Sign up to the Wings Over New Zealand community now. It's free and easy. Just Google Wings Over New Zealand and you'll find the forum. Hi, it's Matt Jolly from WarbirdRadio.com. Listen, I am thrilled to have Dave Homewood as part of our broadcast family and bring your stories, the stories of the RNZAF, heard right here on Wings Over New Zealand to our global audience. Thanks for listening and hope to hear from you sometime at WarbirdRadio.com. G'day, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. And we're from Plane Crazy Down Under, Australia's aviation show. And you can find us at planecrazydownunder.com. We reckon for the best coverage of the Kiwi Warbird restoration and aviation scene, you can't go past Dave Homewood and the Wings Over New Zealand show. On you, Dave. Yeah, good on you, mate. Yeah, we got to get to New Zealand soon. Where is that anyway? Well, it's where I grew up. I thought that was Brisbane. The Wings Over New Zealand show would like to acknowledge the great support it's had from Fly DC3. You can fly back in time with Fly DC3 from Ardmore Airport, charter the DC3 Dakota and fly into the past. It's an experience you'll never forget. Fly DC3. Go to www.flydc3.co.nz. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show. I'm your host, Dave Homewood. Uh, today I'm pleased to present Max Lambert, the author. Hi, Max. G'day, 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 Dave. You're renowned for your books uh, night after night, day after day, and you've got a new one out called Victory. But I just want to take you back for a start and just ask you, you know, what's your background and interest in both writing and aviation? Take me back to the beginning. Oh, okay. Well, that uh, that's fairly easy. Um, interest in aviation... Um, I have never flown, um, no great desire to, but I i was a little fellow when the war ended. I was nine in 1945, um, and I had a, an older cousin. My mother was the youngest in a big family. I had a younger cousin um, called um, Keith Thiel, um, who a lot of readers, a, a lot of listeners and readers will know of as um, a New Zealander who... Uh, who flew in the RNZAF with Bomber Command and then later Fighter Command, came home with the DSO and three DFCs. One, right. one of only three New Zealanders um, that that got those uh, those same decorations. Um, he flew two tours on on bombers uh, in '42 and early '43. Um, when he'd finished those, um, he became um, he flew in Transport Command for a while. He was actually offered. The command of 617 Squadron, um, um, but declined that because he wanted to get on to fighters. He'd always wanted to fly fighters. 
Um, and he managed that eventually and flew with some distinction um, on fighters in the latter stages of the war and um, commanded, I think, three squadron offhand without checking it um, okay. very late in the war and was um, shot down uh, uh, strafing a, a German train and was lucky to escape with his life and blah, blah, blah. And he became a, a pilot for uh, Qantas uh, uh, post-war. And he's still alive in... in um, and a rest home up in North Queensland. Um, and so he was a boyhood hero, uh, right. obviously. Um, and Alan Mitchell, a New Zealand, uh, New Zealand journalist for the New Zealand Press Association in London during the war, uh, wrote a book in '45 on New Zealanders in, in the air war, and, and Keith was in that. And so I was very proud. So always interested more in the Air Force than, than, than in you know, the other services. Yes. Um, but, you know, you grow up and you get a career. I became a journalist. I first worked on New Zealand Herald in, in the early 50s um, and then joined NZPA in Wellington um, in about 1957-58 and spent all my working life with, with that news agency. Um, had a couple of postings overseas and so on and so forth. And um, I even worked with them um, after I retired uh, until they closed down a couple of years ago, sadly. Um, but in 1990, um, in, sorry, 1999, I was in Wellington Public Library, um, came across a book um, in the aviation section on um, on VCs of the air war, um, and I came across the story of a Scot called Thompson who'd won a, a VC on a Lancaster over Germany um, um, on the 1st of January 1945 and it was an interesting story. Uh, the plane was badly hit by flak and there were fires and he got the two gunners out but he was badly burned. Um, and the, the pilot um, was a New Zealander, a young New Zealander um, who was only on his fifth stop. Um, he got the plane down with a lot of, it had a lot of damage, and the nose was, uh, the, the, you know, the windshields, the windscreens were all broken out and everything, and huge, huge gusts through the through the um, cockpit. Uh, but he got the plane down on on the ground safely um, in Holland. Um, right, right. And he had an unusual name, and um, I thought, I'm a journalist, right? And I thought, hey, wonder if this guy's still alive. Yep, yep. He had a fairly unusual name, and so. Um, he was described in the book as a North Canterbury farmer, and there he was, large as life, um, retired, but in the same area. And I talked to him, interviewed him on the phone, um, made a nice story, was used all over the country. Um, yep, yep. And I really thought at that stage, hey, there must be lots of old guys like this whose stories never been told, right? And the Air Force, really, the Bomber Command guys had had absolutely no publicity about apart from the 75 Squadron History, which was a pretty poor book in terms of, you know, readability and so on. Yes, um, yes. And so, you know, that that's what set me on the path of, of these three books. The first one, um, uh, to cut a long story short, Collins went for it eventually, 140,000 words, which was way too much, but it turned out to be a very successful book. And, there were a lot of good stories in there, and and that led to the book on fighter command, and then this this third one now, victory, um, which I always, yeah, um, 
people, reviewers had suggested that it was a third book was really on Coastal Command, but I couldn't really find enough people to write a story on, 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 on Coastal Command. When I started in, in 2000, there were oodles of Bomber Command guys still around in the late yeah. 70s, early 80s. Now, 10, 12 years later, they're all you know, they're all either dead or in the very, very late 80s and, and into their 90s. Um, I couldn't find for this book anybody that was had flown a Liberator or a submarine uh, or a Sunderland, sorry. Yeah. Um, and and so and I found some good stories on on the Coast Command anti sub guys, but um, and I got those in as an appendix largely um, because there were so many good stories. There were, there were several good stories that were out of the time frame of this book, the last year of the war. Right. So, um, Coastal Command as a separate one was really out, and so you know this this one looks at um, the guys in in Bomber Command and a few of the fighter guys, um, but also the stories of New Zealanders that haven't been told. Um, the guys that flew at Arnhem, the guys that towed gliders there and at Normandy and on the Rhine crossing, and dropped stuff to the resistance. Those sort of stories never been told, and 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 I've un unearthed, I think, some, you know, some great stories. Absolutely, absolutely. So that, yeah, I mean, those guys never that you never hear their stories, do you? you most people don't realise there were Kiwis there. Yeah, right, right, right. And um, there were a lot of them, you know. And although you know, we lost five guys there, not a huge number, um, but there were dozens and dozens that flew at Arnhem, and I, you know, you you just can't mention them all. Um, yeah. And 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 likewise, there were several. I think there were several great stories in this book on um, the chaps that were were shot down over um, over occupied Europe and then escaped or didn't escape. You know, right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, how do you go about, um, or how did you go about tracking down people to get their stories? Was that a bit of a mission to to find people, or was it fairly easy? No, it was, it was easy sometimes, and it was extraordinarily difficult in in, in other occasions. Um, I um, have to be uh, hugely grateful to Errol Martin and his books, um, and for that, for those that are interested in Air Force history, will know very well that these three volumes of For Your Tomorrow um, list all those, um, all the New Zealanders who were killed. Um, and, and in, in many ways, um, stories of others. Um, and I really don't think I could have done this this book very easily with with uh, or, or done this book at all without those three books. Plus, um, you know, bomber command losses um, and Colin Hansen's book on yeah. you know, the awards and decorations. Which you know, if you read them. The, the, those awards and the citations gives you a, a bit of a lead into people that you know I've never heard of, right? Yes. And yes. so he got a DFC. He bought a um, a bomber back on two engines or whatever, um, or he was hit by flak or so and so. You see all those names, um, and with the help of Errol's book. And and when I first started, only his first volume was out, but and so he he had to help me with a lot of. Details, which now are in those three, the three volumes, which, you know, which I didn't need to ask him. So, it gave people's names. That's the key thing: where they were born, 
um, and then it was trying to to find them. Um, right. And some of them were um, incredibly easy to find. Uh, in this latest story, in this latest book, there's a story of a guy called Gutwitz, um, and um, you know that's a German or a Jewish name or something. Um, and if, and and he was killed late in his operation, in, in his first tour. Um, but you know, you, you look in the in the white pages, and there's you know, three good witches. That's all there are in the whole of the country. So, and they're all down um, Roxburgh uh, in the Cargill Way, right? Right. Pick up the phone and boom, first go. Um, so no, you know, no problem. And 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 you know, people like that very helpful, um, as as most people were. Um, some people I just could never ever find. Um, you know, you think that families have moved around um, um, all over the countryside. Um, you know, maybe somebody dead was was an only son, and the and the and the name, um, you know, uh, disappears. Yeah. Uh, the family sort of um, ends, as it were. Um, and so, you know, some people I just could not find, despite spending weeks and weeks, you know, with leads. Right, right, right. I can totally relate to what you're saying with all of this because, um, as many people know, I've been interviewing veterans um, myself for around 10 years now, and um, and I've been also trying to piece together the history of uh, some of the things that happened in the Air Force, particularly the General Reconnaissance and Bomber Reconnaissance Squadrons. And, and you know, I also have gone right through Colin Hansen's book um, looking for leads for, for people who might be still alive so I can track them down and interview them. Uh, and, and that has been very successful. Um, and uh, same deal with looking up the unusual names in, in the phone book. Yep. And, and sometimes you get lucky and you actually find the veteran themselves and you're not even really sort of expecting them to still be around but um it, it's it's always you know quite wonderful to strike lucky isn't it yeah that yeah and and especially with a common name there was a guy in in night after night called brown he was um uh, shot down over holland and uh, i don't know 42 43 um yeah. you know and i found him in the phone book with no with no problem at all and you don't expect to find browns no, uh, with, no. with whatever with whatever in it all they've got, and my, um, I think my best, um, or there's, there's two or three good stories of finding people in this latest book. Um, one of them um, involved a guy called Les Brown, um, uh, and 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 again, yeah, there's the name Brown, um, and uh, he was one of the guys that was on the ground occupied Europe. He, he joined up with a. Uh, a resistance group and, and operated with a Bren gun and a couple of big engagements um, and, and it turned out to be a, you know one of the best stories in the book I think but um, I got his name eventually or his son's name or a contact for his son from from somebody in France who, who'd researched this um, you know the, this incident and and the battles right. in which he fought um, and you know, it, it, there are so many threads involved to finding people that I've yeah. now got not the faintest idea how I got onto this French guy. But, <laughs> but I did, and he'd had contact the Brown and his wife, or, or the um, Brown's son and his wife had been to, to that area of France and had met people involved with what his father had done. Um, and he had a vague contact for them, this chap in France. And from that, I did find the sun. 
um, but right. that, you know it takes a lot of work. Um, yeah. And yeah. the other one, other one which is, is is interesting is the guy Long, uh, Roy Long, who was who shot down you know, the first German plane on D Day. Um, yep. Very vague, um, you know, leads to him at the beginning. But again, with a name like Le Long, there aren't many um, Le Longs in the phone book, right? There's two right. or three, um, yep. and and there was one in um, in the Nelson Marlborough area somewhere, um, and he did not know where this guy was, but thought he might have. I, well, I knew he had died in England. This guy Le Long, so how did he find? somebody in England, right? But yeah. this guy um, knew somebody in the family that maybe had been in touch with him, uh, a, a woman um, who lived in, in, in Melbourne, an old lady, um, and I was told that she, you know, she, she didn't really have a marbles anymore, but I managed to get the phone number for her, and she had a marbles, and she, right. she, had, a, <laughs> she had an address for Long in in Britain, um, or a telephone number which obviously wasn't quite right, but and uh, knew that the family had been in, in uh, Worcester, I think it was, um, and you know I, I used the BT um, British Telephone or Brit Telephone, whatever it is, white pages, and found a couple of Longs in 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 Worcester. Um, I can't remember the place actually now, but. Um, called that number, no answer, left a reply. About two days later, the woman gave me an email and she had been Lelong's wife. Ah. They'd separated or something, but, but she had his telephone number and his email address, and so it went from there. And, right. you know, unlike a lot of families, he had all of his dad's combat reports. Right. And that, you know, so there was a story. Um, laid out very clearly uh, along had written quite a lot in his logbook and 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 and, and in the combat reports and boom there it all was easy but it takes a while to um you know to get to some of those people yes yeah yes absolutely, absolutely. one other example if you want it um the story on uh in the book on a guy called joblin george joblin uh who was killed over stuttgart on his second last op in July '44, in Bomber Command, um, there was one one survivor from the crew, um, and Bomber Command lost his had his name, and that's all I had had to go with. Yeah. So I went on to RAF commands um, with not a great deal of success, but there was one guy. Um, all I was able to tell them on on RAF commands was this chap's surname and initials um uh and i think i might have had from somewhere his his birth date or something like that you know it gets very difficult to remember the exact details but raf command somebody in raf commands gave me um his place of birth uh, and the year and and a, and a death date um and all his first names um, and I've got a friend in Essex because my wife's family came from Essex and done, we've done a lot of family history. So I, I asked this guy, gave him, uh, and the, the survivor's name was Beeson, um, I gave him Beeson's details on what, or the little I had, the death date and so on, 
Yeah. And he came back that night with Beeson's daughter. Right. And, and, his, <laughs> and his telephone number. And so, oh, right. you know, one phone call and yes, that was that was um, that was his daughter, and more surprisingly, Beeson himself had written what had happened, written about what had happened. It wasn't hugely long, but it gave me one of one eyewitness account um, of the last moments of the play. Right, boom, you know. So there we were. That that is actually wonderful when you find that the um, even if the veteran himself is long gone, uh, that they've written it down or recorded it because it's it's valuable to have that first-hand information isn't it yes it is and and that's what's sometimes disappointing well not uh, not sometimes often in that you you spend a lot of time uh, finding rallies um even you know sons and daughters um yeah. and then they've got absolutely nothing really you know more than yeah. they do yeah um and um a lot of people that um, you know, guys that flew at Arnhem that you know um, that would have been wonderful if they'd written down something, but they didn't. And you left with a, with a name, and that he flew on one nine six squadron at Arnhem, but um, you know nothing more than that really. And you can't fill out the story, and it ends up with a, you know, you don't even be able to use his name in the in the, in the book. Right, right, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, has there been anything along the way that when you've uh, found the story, you've realised that previously other people had recorded it wrongly, and and you've you've got the real story, and and there's there's been myths over over time. Um, with I, no, I can't sort of think of anything offhand like that. Um, okay. Some details, um, some t details, uh, vary. For example, the story on Bill Bell. Um, who was shot down and ditched um, on a um, who ditched a Sterling off the coast of Cherbourg um, in 1944 and got a DFC for it? Um, that turned out to be a good story, and there are photos in the book of of French guys that are researching aviation in the area have found an upturned Sterling, and um, there were and there's photos in the book of of that. Yes. Um, but um, that came up unexpectedly from a French guy that I'd helped. Um, earlier with, with some other New Zealander who'd been killed um, and he asked me if I knew anybody, if I knew anything about this guy called Bill Bell and I'd never heard of Bill Bell at that stage right. but um, um, I, you know and it's a long story on this one which I don't really need to go into I guess and bore everybody to tears but um, <laughs> he, um, I ended up in the, in the National Library and I think maybe with a lead from Errol Martin but looking at Bill Bell's sister's uh, will, which oh. <laughs> which was led me to the family. The rest of the family were in England, or what was left of it. Um, yeah. And and I got some the photographs in the book are, are from from England. Um, but the story was you know pieced together you know gradually, um, and I've lost my train of thought. What did you ask me at the beginning? Just about uh, things that were recorded wrongly. Oh yeah, r recorded wrongly. Yes, the f the French guy um, had um, that the plane had been hit by flak on the way home from dropping these people to the resistance. Um, yeah. But it turned out that it was exactly the opposite. It was Bill, B I got a copy of Bill Bell's log, and which clearly said we were shot. Yeah, you know, we were shot down on the on the outgoing flight. 
Um, oh. So, you know, little things like that you, people get wrong. Yes, yes, and you're, absolutely. You know, you're able to correct them and get them down properly. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, just uh, just looking at the, the first book, uh, Night After Night, w- what are the stories that you... Um, that, that sort of come to mind as the most outstanding stories for you of those bomber guys? Um, oh, God, that's a hard one. Um, um, you know, so many of them. Uh, I, I still have um, great admiration for anybody that flew in Bomber Command, whether it was pilot or the rear gunner or the navigator. Um, yeah. and, and all of them deserve praise and to be remembered. Absolutely. Um, um, and you know, an, an enormous sacrifice. Eighteen hundred guys, a lot of people um, that were killed in in bomber command. Well, I think the story that, that that affected me in in some ways um, more than others, um, and it's a very um, it's an emotional subject. But this story involved uh, Phil Lamison, the guy that died just a, a year or so ago, um, right. who'd been in Buchenwald. Um, um, that was a story that um, led me to, um, uh, I should say that again, his story um, had never really been told. That was, men- right. was mentioned in Colin, Har- um, Colin Hansen's book, and that's where I first learned about it, that he'd been in Buchenwald, but um, there'd been nothing ever written about him. And when, when Night After Night came out, I was interviewed, um, and I was out of NZPA at that stage. Um, I was interviewed by an NZPA journalist that I knew quite well, and he wrote um, a, a story about the book and, and, and so on, um, which made half a page of the Diamond, half a page in his own Herald, and I think helped probably helped um, sales enormously, but he included the Lamison story, and TV1 picked that up, um, and they did a feature on Lamison on, on Anzac Day some years ago, which gave him some sort of national recognition and there have been other bits and pieces and and so on since then and including an american uh, documentary um on the history channel which gave him credit which gave lemison credit for for saving those airmen and and that was one concrete thing that i think came out of night after night which made me quite proud Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's an amazing story, and that, that um, American-made film is fantastic, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, and they couldn't do anything. <laughs> there were lots of Yanks. In fact, it wasn't brought out in that story, but the, there was a Yank in that group that was, that was um, above, um, that ranked higher than, than Lamison, but he'd gone to pieces. Um, oh. and, it was, <laughs> and it was Lamison that took, you know, Lamison took charge of the, of the group. Mm. And got them out. Yeah, so that was a good. It was a good story, and I'm quite proud of that. Yeah, absolutely, rightly so. And what about with the fighter guys? Is there any particular stories that stand out there? Oh no, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, it's, it's disappointing in some ways with the fighter guys that, um, with the bomber command crews, with you know a crew of seven on a Lanker or Halifax, um, and if they were shot down, there was always. Not always, obviously, but there were survivors, right? And so you could get that that personal story of what went on in the plane. Well, the fighter guys that were killed, that was it. You know, people saw them go down in flames or whatever, or just or just disappear. 
but you know, there was no story to tell about the bravery of a pilot like on a Lancaster or a Halley. Um, right. You know, it's um, I don't know. It's just it's, it's just sort of different. It was it was a matter of finding, you know, bits and pieces and talking to a, a few people. But of course, you know, by that stage when I did that one in two thousand and five, almost all the fighter pilots were dead. I didn't really, um, you know, find many at all. It was right. really difficult. Yes. Yeah. And, and of course, your new book is telling a, a, a different story again—the the last year of the war and, and covering a wider, um, wider aspect of the war. I guess the air war, at least. And um, you know, is it, what, what are the outstanding things for you there? Because there's some, as you said before, there's some stories that haven't been told before. Well, outstanding. You know, I think, for example, um, the guys on the ground in in, uh, in occupied Europe trying to escape. Um, um, I'm thinking here of. Um, you know, Les Brown and um, um, oh, you know, Mortimer, the 485 pilot who was on the ground for for a year in France for various reasons. Wow. He couldn't get he couldn't get away, but you know, his he he and and, and again, again, that's luck. I know that he died in 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 um, Helensville, North Auckland, you know, quite some years ago. Um, but I I looked at the Mortimers and Henderson and. And and phoned phoned them, and the first one I got was his was his wife. Um, right. and she was a bit quite a bit younger than him, the second wife. Um, and and she told me yes, he had written something down about his time, and I'll send it to you. She said, and so you know, without any work at all, there was his little memoir of his time on the ground in Europe. Fantastic, fantastic. You know, fantastic. Um, and the other one that that struck me, and I was lucky on this one, was um, Sid Gay, who was shot down over uh, over eastern France, and they were picked up uh, uh, several days after they um, uh, they all got out of the plane, and four of them went off uh, together, which was I think too big a number. But they were just unlucky, and they got picked up eventually. But it was a good a good yarn, um, and right. I he had died in Napier. Um, some years ago, and uh, there was a, a, a phone listing for him. Um, it turned out to be his wife. She was still alive, but she was blind and 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 deaf, and and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. And I had written, I think, rather than phone. I'm, I'm, I can't quite remember now. But anyway, the the letter was intercepted by a neighbour who'd been looking after this old lady, um, and he went to extreme lengths to. To sort of help, and I got, you know, Gay had written a memoir too, and and so right. this this guy gave that a copy of that to me, um, and you know that's a huge help. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's a good story, and, and some of these, you know, these in terms of of the, the the entire war effort and so on and so forth, you know, guys shot down on the ground and occupied Europe maybe are not, um, you know, integral to the whole story, but um, you know they didn't. <laughs> They were amazing what some of them did, oh, and, yes. and the stories haven't been told. The, any of those guys on Mortimer, Mortimer's had a bit of publicity, but uh, none of the other guys have. And you know, Browns is a great, great yarn. Right, right, right. I, I know what you're saying. I mean, so, some years ago, uh, when I was well, I, I still am, but when I was researching for my Wings Over Cambridge website, and uh, a lady rang me up and she said, "Oh, my brother was in the Air Force." He was shot down, and um, he's never ever talked about it to anybody. 
and uh, his name is uh, John Morris or Jack Morris and, and she says he's never talked to anybody but I've rung him up and I've told him he has to talk to you so here's his phone number and I, I said thanks very much and I, I gave him a ring and um, recorded his his memories over the telephone and and I put it up on my website and since then uh, there's been there's been an actual ceremony here in Cambridge where uh, the the people who helped him in France there's now a monument in Cambridge because he was from Cambridge um, uh, you know and he came down from from his home in Auckland uh, for that and and uh, it's his story was picked up by uh, um, the the government um, researcher I've forgotten her name that wrote the book on called the Big Show on uh, uh, on on D Day, and she 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 picked up the story from my website and put it into his book as well, and so his story's been told now, but it's only because his sister said to him he had to talk to me, which was yeah before that nobody, not even his family, had any idea what happened, and he was shot down twice. Yeah, now your his story his story isn't like after night. I went and saw him. He lived in Ramuera. Yes, that's right. Yep, he still does. Yep. Yes, he, he and yes, and he's still alive. He must be well into his nineties. I think so. Yes. Yeah, yep. and he he was a jockey, or a, um, not a jockey, but he rode track work for the war. And I, right. I always remember talking to him and saying that, you know, him saying that he rode, he he he'd ridden track work, um, and that gave him the sort of nice gentle hands, which was the nice gentle touch for for flying. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Hey, the other the other story in in the um, in this current book, which I. Um, haven't talked about, which is it is worth talking about. I think is the story of um, Ted Robinson, who was shot down over France on a um, um, on a, a dropping supplies to resistance flight, um, yeah. and you know that turned into a good human interest story because he'd been married for just three months when he was killed, um, and his wife uh, came out to New Zealand after the war. Um, she was a very outgoing young lady, yep. and she came out to New Zealand after the war, helped set up uh, overseas wives club and so on and so forth, and she got remarried, and now she is still alive, and, and you'll find in that book, the, the, I think, a wonderful wedding pictures, um, and you know, that made a, a, a great story, and I now have no idea how I found her in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She lives in, in Taupo with the second husband. She's still alive. So yeah, is yeah. he. Um, and, um, you know, she just made the most of her life and she, she remarried here. Um, but, you know, it's a, one, it's, it's a, it's a nice story. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So have you got any plans for any future books? Uh, no, I need a rest. I'm 78 now and I think, yeah. you know, probably that's enough. Um, I... No, I think I'm written out on the Air Force. I mean, you go on forever with Bomber Command stories. That keep, yeah. You know, this this book, my only regret on this book is that I talked to two or three people whose stories didn't make it for various reasons. Um, I had also planned a chapter on, um, on I had several good stories for a chapter on, on um, mid-air collisions, and uh, mid-air in, in terms of, you know, crashes over airports and... Uh, over air bases when when planes were coming back uh, in the circuit, um, but you know you just can't get everything in. I badly wanted that anti-submarine stuff in, 
and so you sacrifice something else for that. You know, that that's the way it is, I guess. Um, and I feel very badly that that several people that I talked to, um, I didn't get the stories, and um, and I have to live with that, I guess. Well, uh, you know, you could always publish it uh, as a separate thing again. You could publish it online. You'd be welcome to put it onto the Wings Over New Zealand forum if you just want to get it out there so people can read it. So. Yeah, um, I, I thought of that in the back of my mind. It's just a matter of, you know, of finding, um, you know, the right moment or the time to, to finish some of those stories. Um, some I have got finished, but, um, you know, I wish they'd been in the book, but you can't have everything. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. So tell people where they can get the new book, Victory. Well, in any bookshop, I hope. Um, um, I, you know, an author really has nothing to do with distribution, but, you know, I hope, I hope, to, I hope to see as many books as bookshops as possible. People order it, you know, and, and they go into a, um, you know, I've got friends now that have ordered the thing and, and from small bookshops in places like Cambridge and so on, but... Yep. Um, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you go into a shop and to Whitcalls for argument's sake, and say I want a copy of uh, Victory, and they say we haven't got any, or we haven't, where they're not here yet. Okay, I'll order it, sort of thing. And you know, they get anybody. Bookshops will get a book for anybody. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I, yep. I hope they're on the shelves too. Yep. And so, so the the details is it's Victory by Max Lambert and. Uh, the, um, is the, the, I guess the full title is, is what people need, just just to be sure. Um, yep, yep. Victory, New Zealand Airmen and the Fall of Germany. And it's got a nice sort of a ready brown cover with, with crew coming home out of coming out of a, a plane on the tarmac which extends over the front and back covers, I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's published by HarperCollins. Published by HarperCollins, yes, they did the other two, so the three of them make sort of a nice um, well I think they make a nice little Grouping on a bookshelf, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Max. It's been a pleasure to, to chat with you. And um, uh, is there anything else that you want to sort of get out there before we, we I think finish? Well, I think we've covered it uh, pretty well. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.